Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome back to Hope for Today. I'm glad you're here today. Glad you're joining me. And God's got a plan. He has a plan. You know why? Because when he speaks to my heart, nine out of 10 times, he's got someone else in this podcast that has come back to me and said, oh, that's just what I needed to hear. So what has God been telling me this week? He's been talking to me about application and just applying what I've learned. And I think with this crazy thing called a pandemic, and then we have on top of that, the crazy thing of coming out of the pandemic in terms of, you know, not having to wear masks all the time, the social distance has changed, churches opening up, stores and restaurants opening up. I don't know where it is, where you're at, where you are with terms of things opening up and, and changing, but gradually things are starting to make a change for the better. You know, let's hope we can continue in that realm. But we've had people that haven't been out of their house in over a year, 18 months. And, um, they're emerging as if they've never been out of the house before. Do you feel like that? I know I'm kind of weirded out. Do I wear the mask? Don't I, do I hug? Do I not hug? Can I, am I allowed to, what are the rules? What, what, it's so confusing, isn't it? But I think the other thing is that many people have lost social skills, people skills, uh, common courtesy skills. Now as an unbeliever, they probably don't really have many of these anyway. But then again, I shouldn't say that because there are a lot of good people in the world that are just good people. Like your neighbor might be a really good person and you might say, oh, you know what? They're always there for me. They always do for me and they're good people. But I'm talking to you and me, the Christians right here. You and I are to be Christ-like in everything that we do. We are to take our example from the Lord Jesus Christ. He came down to this earth to teach men what they should be doing. And those men carried on the work of the Lord and it's written down in scripture for us to be able to follow through with what they learned and what he taught them and so on. But I find for myself, I've learned so much. I go to church, I go to Bible study, I go to prayer meeting, I go to Sunday school, I um, go to Bible conferences, I listen to podcasts, I read the word, I study the word. You know, I can I can read, I can read, read, read. Oh, that's good. Oh, wait, wait, oh, another verse. Oh, that's good. Another one. Oh, what I read today was great. But Lynn, did you apply it to your life? So let's read in John 15, one through four. Familiar passage, the vine and the branches. In, um, again, chapter 15, we're gonna start in verse one. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. So the Lord Jesus is the vine and our heavenly father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. So that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and also I will remain in you. I know we're probably, if you grew up with King James, it says, abide in me and I will abide in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. You must be connected to the Lord in order to bear fruit. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. 
that passage is just full of layers and layers and layers of thoughts and things to ponder on and so on. So it does say that the Lord will cut off any branch that bears no fruit. If you were a born again Christian, you were saved. You've accepted the Lord into your life. You have a relationship with the Lord, however you want to word it. You know, without a doubt, you're spending eternity with the Lord Jesus Christ. You should be bearing fruit. Now, granted, as a, as a young, you know, apple tree, you're going to get little buds and they're going to grow into delicious apples over time. So you're not going to produce this, you know, wow moment in terms of your Christian life. As you're learning, it, it'll get better and better. But the Lord talks about that he has to prune. So if you're connected to him, he's going to be pruning. You know, oh, Lynn, right here, got to fix that. And Lynn, over here, we got to fix that. And this part of your life and over here and this part of your life and so on. Just like when you go out and tend your garden, if you see some, um, I heard my pastor talking about mango trees where he grew up as a kid. And there was this beautiful mango tree in his backyard. And he said, oh, the fruit was delicious. And he said in the area, there was something called wild pineapple vine. I never heard of it. And he grew up in Guyana and he said that this vine would just kind of encompass a tree and it basically sucked the life out of it. And unless they could catch that vine and prune it back and get rid of it, it would eat all the nutrients of that tree and the tree no longer would produce good ripe mangoes. And um, I thought to myself, what a perfect example of us you know, we have this beautiful tree and we have great mangoes and they're fruit and then they're sweet and they're delicious and they nourish other people and they help other people and all of that. But then we allow things to, you know, kind of encompass our lives and to just choke all the goodness out of us. The Lord might need to come with a machete and get rid of that vine right out of your life. What is choking your life today? What is in your life that you need to get rid of? Um, this is just going to be a very black and white podcast, and sometimes we need that. I have observed people everywhere, believers that I'm connected with, and I am shocked and somewhat appalled on our behavior. We are fighting over things that don't need to be fought for. We are not standing up for the things we should be standing up for. And if we do stand up, we don't stand up in love and we're misquoting scripture, we're using scripture where it doesn't apply, and we're at each other like I've never seen before. The church should be united. The church, you and me, believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, not my church versus your church. That's what I'm saying. Well, I go here, well, I go there. Stop the segregation, stop all this nonsense. We are to be united as a believer. We are the church. We are to be an example to others by the fruits that we bear on what the Lord is doing in our life. And I don't see that. You know, in the in the in verse three, it talks about that the word will cleanse us, will clean us. And the word will cleanse us, but we have to apply it. You can read all you want. I know people that, you know, read, oh, I read my 32 chapters today. Hmm, yeah, I'm good for the day. Well, did you apply it? That's always what my mother would say. I'd say, oh, mom, I read a great devotion today. She said, now go and apply it. And I used to be, oh, could she just ever say that's great? I knew what my mom was doing. My mom was instilling in my brain, you need to apply what you just read. 
When I was a kid, I heard of a story about a missionary, and I might have shared this before, so forgive me if I did, but it's a good story. And he had taught a Bible lesson, and he was talking about how the Word of God is, is good for us to read, and that we should be applying it. And this little boy um, went to the missionary, and the missionary was working in his garden that day, and he, and he said, you know, Brother John, he said, um, I know you talked to us in Sunday school, but it doesn't make any sense to me. How does the Word of God cleanse us? I don't, I don't understand that. And Brother John looked over, and there was a rickety old bucket over there on the corner, and a bunch of holes in it. It was filthy dirty. He says, uh, Timmy, do me a favor. You see that creek right down there? Grab that bucket, and can you go put water in it and bring it back to me for the garden? I'm like, I, I'll, I'll explain, but help me out with the garden first, and then I'll explain how the Lord can, the words of the Lord can cleanse our life. So Timmy obeyed. He got this ricky old bucket with holes in it. It was all covered in mud and dirty. It was sitting in the in the grass over there and went down to the creek and or the river, whatever was there, and he filled it and came back. And by the time he got back, the water was gone because there were holes in the bucket. So Brother John looked in and he says, where's the water? He says, uh, there's holes in the bucket. I, it left, it fell out as I was walking. So Brother John told Timmy, go back again, fill the bucket up and bring it back. And Timmy said, but Brother John said, no, do what I said, do what I said, okay. So he goes and he walks over to the river, fills it with water, comes back three times, four times, fifth time. Timmy's thinking, this man is a little crazy now because he's making me take this bucket that's dirty, has holes in it, and making me go fill it up, but it's going to pour out anyway, so why am I doing this? So at the end of this, Brother John said, do you remember what that bucket looked like when you first started out filling it with the water? Oh yeah, it was dirty, there was mud all over, it was sitting over there in the grass. Yeah, what does it look like now? And he looked in and he says, the mud's all gone. It's nice and clean. Aha, he said. So as we pour the word of God into our lives and it runs through our lives, it cleanses us. Just like that rickety old bucket had holes in it and you think it wasn't worth anything, he said, that's an example of our life. The Lord will pour this word of God into us and it'll run through us. And as it does, it cleanses us. But you know, he said, Timmy, it doesn't happen unless you pick up your life and go to that river and fill it up. What an example we have to apply the word of God. We've got to go take our life and bring it to the Lord and allow the Lord to work through us and to cleanse us. You know, if the Lord is truly in our life and the Lord is working through your life, you will be bearing fruit. You know, listen, I have days, bad days. I have days that, you know, I'm probably sharp with my coworker or snap at my husband or not talk kindly to my kids. We all have that. You know, that's called life. We're a human being. There are days I wake up and I can just feel I'm tired and cranky. You ever feel like that? I've come home from work and maybe it's been a rough day and I'll tell my husband, oh, I'm just, I'm just tired and cranky. I, I need to, I need some time. That's okay. Take some time. The Lord tells us to be refreshed. We're human beings. We, we need to have, you know, good food and water and take our vitamins, get proper sleep do things decently and in order. We talked about that a few weeks ago. Doing things decently and in order is taking care, doing self-care for yourself. But once you've done that, you gotta get into the word. There's self-care right there. You're depressed, you're down, you're frustrated, you're overwhelmed, you're confused, you just can't deal. You need to be in the word of God. I know that sounds so cliche and people say, well, have you prayed about it? You know what? 
in the word and prayer is what it's going to get us through these things. That's not to say we need to spend time talking with someone because sometimes I, I have a hard time understanding maybe a passage and I'm like, I've been reading this passage and I've really been down lately. And these are the verses that I feel that I need to read, but it's just not penetrating. Can you help me walk through it? And having a friend to help you walk through verses, that's a good thing. Find a good fellow believer that you know you can trust with your situation and, and trust with your questions and have them walk you through it. But applying the word of God is what's going to cleanse us. Applying the word of God is what's going to be make us more Christ-like. When people see us, they need to see Christ. They do not need to see Lynn Wilson. They don't need to see Lynn's attitude, that Lynn's grumpy, that Lynn doesn't agree, that Lynn doesn't like something. What they need to see is Christ. When you walk in a room, they should be drawn to you. I, when I started working here at Keswick many years ago, I had a coworker who was um, the office manager at the time, and she said, you need to understand what America's Keswick is to a lot of people. And she said, we are the light that attracts the gnats. So that's kind of an odd phrase to use. And she said, we're the light that attracts the gnats. And that's exactly right. We should be such a light. Gnats, you know, those things that ooh, kind of, you know, slap in your face and you got little bug bites and you, yes. But they are so attracted to the light. It draws them. We should be drawing people to, not really to us, but to our life because our life represents Jesus Christ. What fruits are you bearing today? Are you bearing any fruit? Has there any been ever been fruit in your life? Do you know for sure that you are a born again believer? That's the first question. And if you are, have you listened to podcasts and sermons and conferences? Have you read the Bible? Have you done all the right things, but never applied it to your life to prove to others that you are a born again Christian? Have you, do you have a life that just beams the Lord Jesus Christ. Are people drawn to you when they walk in a room? Are you the light that attracts the gnats? Are people just drawn to you? Oh, I'll ask her. When someone needs something in church, are they drawn to ask you over someone else? Because number one, they know they're going to get the right answer. They're going to get a good answer. and They're going to get a kind answer. You know how many times you, oh, I'm not asking that person. They're going to yell at me. Or no, every time I ask them, they get everything confused. Or that person, no way, no way. They don't even know what they're doing. Or that person, uh-uh. You ask them anything and they get annoyed with you. Are you that kind of person? Then knock it off. Stop right there. The Lord Jesus Christ, no matter where he went, people were drawn to him. They wanted to touch the hem of his skirt. Just to touch him. Touch him. That's how people should be with you. Not that you want everybody touching you, but you know what I mean. They should be so drawn to you. I think that passage is just amazing. When you think about what the verse says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Well, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, he cleans it up. He gets rid of those vines that are starting to choke us. So it will even be more fruitful. You already are you all already clean because the word that I have spoken to you remain in me, abide in me, and also I will abide with you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Listen, it says right there, 
You have to abide in the Lord. You have to be with the Lord in word, in prayer, in your daily walk in order for fruit to grow. If you are not spending time in the word, it cannot cleanse you. It doesn't happen by osmosis. You must be in the word, reading it and then applying it to your life. Don't be that rickety old bucket sitting in the corner full of mud and no use to anyone. Get yourself up, get yourself in the word, pray over it, ask the Lord, Lord, help me to apply this today. If there's one principle that I need to learn today, what can I do? Maybe it's just to be kind. The Lord tells us to love our neighbors and to be kind. Maybe you need to work on your kindness today. Don't emerge from all this chaos that we've been through in the last year and a half to 18 months and come out of it grumpy and cranky. Nobody wants to see that. You know what? Come out here and say, hey, I'm out. We've got the freedom to do what we need to do. What is that freedom? Serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, enjoy life. Absolutely. Go on vacation and spend time with your kids and go to the beach and all that fun stuff that we want to do. Go out to dinner with your husband and spend time with friends and maybe call a few up and say, hey, you guys want to get together Friday night and let's go get some pizza. That's all good. But as you do that, if you're bearing fruit and you're with all these other people that are believers, you're going to be an encouragement to them. You're not going to be a detriment. You're not going to be the one sitting over there and they're going, oh, that's negative Lynn over there. She has nothing good to say. She's always complaining. She's always upset. She's up. Don't be like that. Be the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the vine. We are the branches. And our Heavenly Father is the gardener. Thanks so much for coming over today. I'm glad you're here. God is going to do a great work in your life today. Leave me a comment below. I would love to hear from you and we'll see you next week on the next podcast.